1: Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast, where the Lorehounds, your pundits for the Premier Football League. I'm John.
2: And I'm David. And this is our coverage of the Apple TV original series, Ted Lasso.
1: In this podcast, we'll be discussing our general thoughts about the episode before having a light discussion of Season 3, Episode 1, Smells Like Mean Spirit. Be sure to stick around at the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of March.
2: Quick housekeeping for early access and ad-free episodes and exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash the lorehounds. Send us feedback at the
1: slash contact or lorehounds at the lorehounds.com or head to our Discord server linked in the show notes.
2: And if you're enjoying our content, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.
1: All right, David, before we get into the episode, let's take a moment to talk about our coverage plans for the season.
2: Yeah, so we were scratching our heads on what is going to be the best plan to cover this, given that we've got Mandalorian and we've got a number of other projects. We kind of committed ourselves to an extra extent. (laughs) We're having fun. (laughs) Like, it's great. But we're like, oh, crap, how are we going to do this? And we both really, really wanted to cover this season. So we thought that we might kind of try to do speed episodes. Right. So we're going to do a plot synopsis at the start of every podcast, and then we're going to do kind of a top three-like three thing. John is going to choose three things, I'm going to choose three things, and then we're going to ping-pong them back and forth. And that way we can sort of speed record these. Get them out so that they're ready to go so you can enjoy them over the weekend. Uh, Trying to do a full scene by scene would just kind of tax our resources, given the amount of available time we have for this right now.
1: Speaking of available time, time to get into it. So I'm going to give a quick synopsis of the episode before we get into our general thoughts. After sending his son back home to the States, Ted struggles with his decision to stay in England and takes his team on a field trip to the sewers of London. Rebecca and the team are upset by the press's praise of Rupert's West Ham and doubting of Richmond. Darth Nate terrorizes his new team and slams Ted in his first press conference. Ted Classo refuses to take the bait, fighting fire with water. Keeley struggles with the demands of her new business venture and catches up with Rebecca before having an awkward divorce talk with an insecure Coach Roy.
2: Woo! That was, uh, that was on fire. Good one.
1: It was a big episode, it right? It really because was. Because we're used to shorter episodes in this show, and they yeah. finally expanded.
2: They packed a lot into what was about 45 minutes for this uh, opener?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that the episodes are generally going to be longer this season. Okay. I know uh, Jason Sudeikis did an interview, and he said, I'm just following the story. I think that the story needs good. a little more room to breathe this season.
2: Good. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's, all, it's well and good to follow a formula. But if we're going to be doing streaming where we're not constrained by, you know, how long a show is and how many ad breaks that we got to get into, then why not? Like, let's follow the story rather than following the, um, the advertiser schedule.
1: Exactly. So what did you think of the, new, of the new long episode?
2: Well, I felt happy, really happy to be back into this world and to see our old friends. I was a bit nervous. Because starting uh, first episode after being away for a little while and a lot of anticipation uh, for what this episode is going to do and and set up. I mean, there's a lot of setup that they got to get, you know, get things going again. Um, I had some difficulty with some of the production values of the episode. It was sort of nerdy and nitpicky for me. Uh, maybe not every, I mean, I'm sure a lot of other people wouldn't even bothered with this kind of stuff, but there were just a couple little things, mostly around lighting. Like okay. when Ted is in the airport and he's saying goodbye to his son, he's standing with the big windows behind him. So he's backlit, but they didn't add any front light to Ted to balance him out. So he was re- like really in this weird shadow. And I know there's intentional shadow, but it looked right off to me. And then there's other stuff where Rebecca was in her office And the lighting on her face really made it look, there was a shadow under one of her cheekbones, but it made it look like her makeup was off. So it was just those little things that were knocking me out of my verisimilitude. But overall, I'm happy. I'm happy to see these old friends and I'm excited to see what kind of stuff we're going to get up to this year. What about you? Cool. Yeah. So
1: I, I enjoyed it. Again, I think you're right. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to see the characters and spend more time with them again. I agree with you that the episode of construction was a little clunky. I think that the premise did not really carry through. But in the end, I did enjoy sort of the messages that they ended up telling me of. Right. You know, it's okay to question your past decisions. It's okay to quit. And especially, don't fight fire with fire. Instead, let people be their authentic selves And let people fight fire with water. Let people put out those fires. Let people put out the horrible situations that other people put them in without escalating.
2: Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it was. We could see it was really effective on Nate. Right. It really set him. Yeah.
1: He's furious now.
2: Yeah. It's it's only going to fuel his fire even more. I think.
1: Let the hate flow through you.
2: All right. Well, that's a perfect segue into one of my. (laughs) uh three key moments or or you know uh, plot elements uh for this episode and that is rupert's office had really strong palpatine vibes for me oh it did uh, that round window and just the whole darth nate of it all and i was like oh yeah i even posted it in our discord i was like hmm Feels like uh, Nate is Darth Vader and Rupert is Emperor Palpatine here. So Definitely. We're getting a lot of cross-fertilization in our uh, IP stacks, John. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. I mean, we could just apply Star Wars to everything, and I'll be happy with that. But it does really apply here. I mean, he's just really just letting that hate fuel his power, and, and he's on a power trip. I mean, we saw from the beginning that Nate—I mean, even from episode one of the series that Nate— does not do well with power. Right. When he, Ted first goes to the pitch, is it called a pitch? I don't know. I'm an American, so I'm well. Gonna be you're in a pundit. Like you're
2: an American pundit. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it is a pitch. It is the pitch. Okay.
1: Great. Well, when Ted first goes onto the pitch with Coach Beard and starts touching the grass, Nate runs and just starts yelling at him. Yeah. Like, really angrily and, yeah. and really rudely until he finds out that he's his boss and all of a sudden he becomes submissive. So mm-hmm. we see that whenever Neat has the opportunity, he's going to abuse power.
2: Interesting. That's a really interesting point. And then when he is near or in proximity to the, the source of that power, he becomes very obsequious and, and uh, meek. Right. Uh, and I think this really goes into his relationship with his father, right? When he gets the text from his mother that, you know, your dad was upset that you swore on, on television. Um, right. You can really see the gut punch, the emotional gut punch uh, that it is for Nate in that moment.
1: Everything he does is to win the acceptance of people he feels are superior to him.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. The sad way to live. Yeah, it really is. And um, it's uh, definitely uh, a um, Emperor, you know, Darth uh, situation here where you know, he has this man who's going to give him a lot of power. Gives him a brand new car, right? He's like, no way can my you know my new uh, manager be driving around in some little putt putt car. Like, you've got to be right a, a, a badass mofo, right? So here's your new. I think that was a Bentley. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I don't know cars that well, but it yeah, I'm not a luxury car. expensive car.
2: Yeah, I'm not a luxury car fan, but right in, let us know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nate basically says to Rupert. How can I learn to be like you? And he goes, not from a lasso.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. Um, yeah. And, and he's, he's in his thrall, right? He's yeah. uh, definitely um, feeling bad. And then when during the press conference, when he's got to collect yeah. himself, and then the spit. And it was like, oh, man. Like, the, that self-loathing that Nate is carrying around inside of himself is such a... Potent poison, uh, yeah. and it's really going to. And he really did master himself in that moment and started cutting down the reporters. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that kind of uh, segued into yours—the uh, the whole Skywalker Vader of it all.
1: Yeah, I wrote in the outline. You know, Luke Skywalker choosing love to fight Darth Vader. I mean, mm-hmm. Ted using kindness to fight Nate's hate. It's, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? It's, yeah. It is. It's just. I mean, it's, it's Ted and Luke Skywalker who, again, learned nothing from his experience with Darth Vader. But that's beside the point. Listen to the Mandalorian podcast if you want to hear me rant right about that. It's Ted saying, I'm not the guy who's going to fight you. I'm yeah. going to make you look foolish and not even intentionally, but I'm going to be myself and I'm going to be really sincere and that's going to make you look like the asshole.
2: Right. He's going to be self-deprecating and fun. He even compliments Nate at the top and saying, "Hey, you know, West Ham is lucky to have that guy. He's a very talented coach." And um, and then when the way he turns it, he does that judo flip and turns it on himself is really just brilliant and and fun. And and as Keeley says, "Let Ted be Ted."
1: And this is a real thing that we've seen in the real world, right? When especially you look at politicians, if you get a politician really insulting another one, and then the other one is really conciliatory, all of a sudden the press goes wow, the first guy's actions were really embarrassing, weren't mm-hmm. they? I mean, you have to be really careful. If you are going to fire shots, you have to be really careful that that person isn't going to come back and be classier than you.
2: I, there's a In the self-help world, there's a, uh, a, a phrase that you hear sometimes bandied about, and that is resistance causes persistence. So if, you, if somebody's pushing in against you, and you step aside, then their energy, and it's a very judo thing as well, and martial arts thing as well, right? You know, their energy will carry them forward, and you'll stand off to the side, and you're fine. Right. So he really doesn't cause any resistance. He doesn't add fuel to the fire. He just lets Nate's comment stands, and then he brings it back to his own humor and his own self-deprecating nature, which people are charmed by. It's
1: like Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid too, when he lets Crease punch the... Uh the car window and break his hand Mm -hmm. instead of hitting him just by moving out of the way, you know, using somebody else's force, using somebody else's anger to let them defeat themselves.
2: I feel the hate in you, Father. Let go. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, let's talk about Keely and Roy for a little bit, because I am obviously excited for the setup, but I really don't want them to break up because they're such... Fun extremes in opposite in in opposites in some ways, right? You know where where uh-huh. Roy is this, you know, foul mouthed, gruff, cursing, whatever, and Keeley's you know this very energetic, happy, positive person. I love the fact that we can bring them together and sort of get two great tastes that you know uh, that go together like this. So I I was like, no, they can't break up, but obviously it's a big setup for the season, right?
1: Well, you know, I'm kind of disappointed in the man actually by oh, really? breaking okay. them up. I think that it's a little lazy writing. You spend a whole season, uh-huh. really a season and a half, getting them together just to break them up immediately. I don't know. It was kind of weak to me. I think that it's, uh, I think they could have done this more interestingly. I think they could have told me a story of people actually persevering through okay. life struggles instead of breaking up out of an inconvenience.
2: Um, well, and then we get the, you know, Phoebe, we get wisdom of, you know, wisdom of the babes out of the mouth of babes. And, and uh, I knew that Phoebe was going to drop some truth on Roy at at some point there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I can kind of see that it's a little bit like they wanted to shock us or, or push it. And then we've got the setup for the season, but yeah, I can feel, I can kind of get with you on this, that it's a little bit of a lazy way to do it. Um, so that said, I am still looking forward to seeing how they resolve this conflict, even though the setup might've been a little clunky.
1: Now, Phoebe's teacher was hitting on her oh, last that's season. right. Mm-hmm. Does he go back and find her? She's probably not even her teacher anymore, right? Because haven't we had the summer pass?
2: Yeah. So she'd be, well, yeah, I don't know how the standards work in the English school. Their breaks are different than ours.
1: No, everything works the way it does in the continental U.S.
2: <laughs> right, because, you know, imperial measurements really are superior. It's true. <laughs> right in, <laughs> our U.K. friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to throw stones at our house.
1: Um, but not yeah. a British measurement stone. It has to be a real stone.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. it's got to be in pounds, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, stone. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did I just miss your joke? A stone. Yeah. For you know some how a stone
1: minutes. is like a measurement?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was being um, very obtuse. I, I got it now. A little slow That's okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I am excited for uh, Roy and Keeley, and I was just so... Hearing Roy's gruff voice throughout the episode and doing his thing, I was like, oh, it feels like home.
1: Yeah. I miss Roy just growling. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. You know? You know, I've tried to do the Roy Kent voice before, and it just made me cough. So I'm not even going to try it on this podcast. (laughs) Fair enough.
2: Fair enough. All right. What's your uh, next take?
1: I loved Ted's custodian joke. I think it was a really great way to set up the episode, actually. A great way to set up the season is, you know, the circle of kindness and then just abandonment, which is something that Ted's greatest fear, right?
2: Remind me of the joke being the I'm, abandoner. I'm not well he, recalling it exactly.
1: Yeah, so this is right at the beginning of the episode when he's talking to Doctor Sharon, who, by the way, is getting it on and good for her.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, and I, th- I, it'll be interesting to see how they are bringing her in this season because I know a yeah. lot of people were like, "No, don't go, Doctor Sharon. We want you to stick around." So
1: yeah, yeah, I like her still being around. But anyway, he's talking to her and he says, "You know, one time," because he's talking about how he feels badly about sending his son away alone. And he says, one time I got left at school because my dad forgot to pick me up and I hung out with the custodian and the custodian had me help him clean up half the school before my dad picked me up. And then my dad gave him cash for babysitting me. Then the next day, the custodian gave me the cash for helping him. Then I used the cash to buy him a gift, but I never got a chance to give it to him because he got hit by a train. (laughs) And the punchline is great. She goes, wow, I didn't see that coming. And he says, well, neither did he. I thought it was a great joke, right? We, I, I, it was both funny and sort of poignant, right? Because it reminds mm-hmm. us right away, Ted's greatest fear is being the one to abandon his uh, son and being the one to abandon people who need him.
2: Got it. Right. That makes sense now. I, wasn't, I didn't tie that in in the moment. I think I was still just too in the upswell of watching the new season. And so, yeah, okay. it, as you're telling the joke, I'm like, okay, what's the setup? What's the, uh, what's the function of this joke for the emotional setup? Uh, for the season. And I think you've put your finger right on it. Abandonment issues. Ted Lasso
1: has always been a great show for quick quips, but it's also been a great show for using humor to show us a truth about the human yes. experience. And right. I I love that they just open up with it.
2: Right. Yeah. And they, they um, well, this sort of uh, segues into my next, uh, my third uh, moment in the show, which is the book ending of the episode. With Ted's relationship with his ex. So, at the, the very opening shot, is him getting a, te- a text from her. Uh, and then the very end of the episode is him learning about his ex's new friend. And yeah. we can definitely feel, and I certainly remember from season two, that angst and anxiety that Ted was feeling uh, around that and being a, a good partner and being a good dad, but being away being committed to this bigger thing, but yet, you know, the home relationship was in a big state of turmoil. And so, they bookended this episode with that. So, that really signals that that Ted has got some more stuff that he's got to deal with for this. And it's not necessarily about his ex, it's about him and his feelings of abandonment and then trying to overcome those feelings of abandonment. So, I think- You're pointing out of the joke is a is very uh, spot on here for that.
1: Yeah, and you know I'll just say I hope he ends up with Sassy Smurf. I think they're a great couple.
2: Oh right, yeah, I forgot about her.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they've already been intimate, so you know we know that there's something there. That's right. And she was pleased with it. She told Rebecca.
2: Mm Hmm. So let's go.
1: Yeah, and I I think they had good chemistry. Honestly, I think that they they play off each other well. Mm -hmm. But as far as the text, the text, you could tell that he's just sort of. Longing for someone to talk to him the way that she was writing a text to her son. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously, it's a different love that you have for your son, but the way she wrote it could have applied either way, right? right. Is, love you, have a safe flight. It's just having that someone to go home to is something mm-hmm. so powerful and something I'm so grateful for in my life. And Ted is just like, I used to have that and now I don't.
2: Mm-hmm. And he held on to it so tightly that that's part of why he lost it. Right. Was it, it wasn't the relationship wasn't right for those two individuals, and yet he couldn't let go, which really strained it even more. Right. Which is really painful because they're both good people, and there's, there, there's no reason for them to not be in a relationship other than the fact that whatever it is, their chemistry, their psychology, their personalities just weren't a match for each other post high school life, I guess. Well, we know it wasn't
1: Ted's prowess in bed based on Sassy's testimony.
2: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and man, what a gut punch, you know, that, that whole thing. I'm, I'm for, fortunately uh, have not been legally separated, but I've certainly been separated in past relationships. And when you hear something about the life of the other person, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of project, you know, being a parent now, that fear of, uh, being replaced, that sense of jealousy, that sense of longing because you're separated by such a great distance. And so obviously this new friend, I think, I think his name is Jake, um, you know, giving this big, you know, shiny, flashy toy to Ted's son is just such an emotional trigger for a lot of people. And for Ted in specific here,
1: Exactly, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing him finally deal with the Michelle issue head-on.
2: So, the poupée of it all, John. (laughs) (laughs) That's your next item here. Uh, I was wondering if one of us was going to get into the the poupée of it all. First of all, Jamie Tart's accent will
1: always make me laugh. (laughs) One of my favorite jokes of the season was when Roy Kent makes him say, I am an ugly. Ogle boy. <laughs> so funny. And so just him saying, boope. <laughs> I immediately lost it. I could barely focus on what was happening because I was laughing so hard. And uh, I did like sort of the the analogy, right? It was very Ted Lasso. Take something really weird, like the yeah. sewers, yeah, and just make it into a team building exercise. It was perfect. And it was perfect to set up Rebecca... Kind of going back into where she was in
2: season one, right sure but she tells she tells Keeley that she wants to beat him and not destroy him, so that's an uh, evolution, I would say I don't think that that's true though oh, I okay. think, I don't
1: okay. I don't think that she's actually moved on. I think that she paused from it, and I think that he's goaded her back into the conflict. okay. I think by the end of the episode, she's a little healthier because Ted sort of shows her you know right. there's a there's another path
2: there's another path here,
1: yeah. But I don't think that I think that that was a really lazy way for her and not lazy in the writing, but lazy in the character's way okay, right. of saying, oh, no, it's different this time. You know, I'm, I don't I don't hate him. I just want to take what he loves
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and thrash it around and kick it in the nuts like, several right. times. Yeah. in the bollocks, as they might. Say. I
1: don't want to kill him. I just want to leave him for dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let the wolves have him.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I didn't buy Rebecca in that moment. I don't think Keely did either.
2: Right, right. Great setup, though. Like, perfect uh, editing there with, you know, setting us up with West Ham and all the grandeur and the splendor of it all. And then to see Richmond climbing down into the sewers, I was like, oh, yeah, here it comes. And then it was a nice little intercut scene there between the sewers and the uh, the fancy press conference with Nate.
1: Right. And also just seeing the difference between, you know, Nate is focusing on practice, but he's making his team so miserable that they don't want to do anything for him. Right. Whereas Ted is taking them literally to stand around with shit, with pooping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a better team building exercise. And they're actually ready to go give it their all now.
2: And and we see it uh, in effect when they're uh, upset in the locker room and Jamie's like, no, let it flow. Let it flow out. And Jamie, it's it's been interesting... I think there could have been more work done with the Jamie redemption arc from season one to season two to season three. Um, And it's fine. There's a little bit of yada yada and a little hand waviness. But I do like seeing Jamie as a natural leader with his ego intact and all. So he's saying like, oh, you guys don't have to worry because we've got me. And that is true. And he's owning it, but he's not waving it around in people's faces in a way to put them down, uh, he's just, he's being himself. He's, you know, Jamie's being Jamie, I guess, in in the sense, but without the negative connotations.
1: A less intelligent show would have had Jamie just be a a nice submissive person now. Uh Uh-huh. This show says, Jamie is an asshole. Yeah. And he went through three phases. Phase one, I'm an asshole and I'm going to make it, use it to make your life harder even though you're on my side, right? Phase two is I'm going to try to be the opposite of who I am and I'm going to be really submissive and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be nice and yeah, and and that's going to ruin my playing because that's mm -hmm. not who I am. I'm not being my authentic Mm -hmm. self. Mm -hmm. And once he admits he's an ugly ugly boy, (laughs) then in season three, now he's at a place where he is ready to be an asshole on behalf of Richmond, right? On behalf of his friends. He's willing to direct his asshole at the right people, and that is being your authentic self and using your strengths to better yourself and to better the people who you love.
2: All right, John. Well, um, I think we should keep an eye out in the future, too. We've got several new characters, and then, of course, one returning. We've got Dr. Sharon, which we mentioned earlier, and we're going to see how much we actually get her, whether it's just going to be a telephonic type of situation Uh, But I was surprised when they actually showed her. So that was cool. We've got Disco, looks like an assistant coach for uh, West Ham. And we've got Kenneth, the bus driver, and Miss Cakes. So three new characters that I think are going to play some role in the upcoming season.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with them. It's always nice to see the fresh blood in this show.
2: I thought Miss Cakes looked very um, imperial in her
0: <laughs> in oh, yeah.
2: her look. Her color palette was a very of that gray. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a natural palette for for that look because, you know, Rupert's right. all in black and everything like that, but she fit perfectly in. And uh, her delivery of the line, it's a car, was really hilarious. Yeah, one of our Discord users made a, a joke about how funny that line was to them. And I agree. Uh, Miss Cakes is going to be some real dry pie humor coming up, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Very corporate.
2: All right. Uh, feedback. So, John, we're just getting started with this episode and the season, and so we don't have a lot of feedback going yet. And it was a packed episode. And obviously, we're not going to be able to get to every moment or plot element in the future. But I was thinking, well, let's crowdsource this a little bit. We've got our Discord. We're on Twitter. And we've got an email, lorehounds at thelorehounds.com, which will be down in the show notes. Or just head over to our website, lorehounds.com. Go to the contact page. You can fill out the contact form and that email will come right to us. Or better yet, leave us a voicemail. There's a button there that says record. Just click it. Your computer may say, hey, can I use the microphone? Authorize that. And then just talk at your laptop or your computer if you've got a mic. And then it will automatically send us the audio file and then we can download that and splice it right into the episode. So help us crowdsource the uh, plot breaks down and the, the different elements and the different funny moments that you found in this, uh, that you're finding in this season. And uh, we'll keep that going for the season. All right, John, I think that's it for us today. Yeah, I think
1: so. Why don't we just do our quick Patreon shout outs? Sounds good. Special thanks to our lore master patrons. They're our top tier at $10 a month, but remember you can go to patreon.com slash the lorehounds for as little as $3 a month and get early and ad-free episodes. So here's our lore masters. Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W., SC, Peter O. H, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, and Dork of the Ninjas. Thanks to all our patrons for all your support. It really helps us out in getting more episodes out to you.
2: Yeah. And if it works for you, please consider uh, joining us on the Patreon because it's really the best way to help us make more podcasts.
1: So for our programming notes, we've got three weekly shows going right now. The Last of Us is about to wrap up. Mandalorian Season 3 is going and Ted Lasso, which you just heard, is going. We've also got our occasional podcasts like Second Breakfast, our Patreon exclusive. The Earth Sea Cycle with Marilyn Arpukila and Silmarillion Stories. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next week. The Lorehounds Podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds Podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.